0: For all of you who follow where we are in our three-year lectionary cycle, as you know, we're in year A. In year A, we read the Gospel of Matthew. However, this week, we read from John's Gospel. And this week begins four weeks of sequential readings from John. From my Air Force cryptologic days, I called John the Enigma Gospel. In this week's reading, we have John three sixteen, and of all the words in all the books of the Bible, these are probably some of the most well known. Well, if not the words, most likely at least the book chapter and verse, we see it all over the place on billboards, on a boxer's robe as he enters into the ring. And when the camera pans out to the audience, We immediately know who his family and friends are. They all have John 3.16 on them. I think Tim Tebow had it printed on his black sun patches he wore under his eyes when he was playing football. This is probably the most public New Testament passage there is. I certainly didn't think in my first year of preaching that I would have to preach on it the one so well known to everyone. I was hoping to avoid it this year and then maybe again in Lent of 2020 when it comes around again. I figured by 2023, I might be seasoned enough to take it on. But here we are. In our gospel reading today, we do get a bit of dialogue before we get to that famous passage we are brought into the scene rather abruptly. We know that Jesus is in Jerusalem because just before this scene, we have the story of Jesus cleansing the temple. And now, out of the blue, we have a Pharisee that comes to Jesus by dark of night. This Pharisee has a name, Nicodemus. This is the only gospel where we hear and know of Nicodemus. Jesus doesn't call him by name, so we're not sure if Nicodemus is familiar to Jesus. But we do know that Nicodemus knows who Jesus is. He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. What makes Nicodemus come to Jesus? We know that he has taken a risk. He's a Pharisee, an insider, a leader of the Jews. The Pharisees have been the ones questioning Jesus all along, just as we read in the Synoptic Gospels. So let's try to picture this. Nicodemus has been in all the gospel scenes that include Pharisees. He is somewhere in the background, maybe a wallflower of sorts, it's kind of like Alfred Hitchcock in his movies that he directed. He always made a cameo appearance. You had to work hard to find him in the scenes, but he was there. This is Nicodemus, someone who was not in the middle of action, but observing all the action. And in observing the action and hearing the teaching of Jesus and seeing the miracles that have taken place, he is beginning to wonder about Jesus. He is not alone. He speaks to Jesus in the plural. We. He must have been discussing his growing wonder with at least one other Pharisee who was beginning to wonder as well. Nicodemus saw that Jesus was clearly mediating the presence of God. He knows that Jesus is bringing a new understanding, and he is observing the transformation of lives take place. I don't know if he drew the short straw, or if he was the only one willing to take the risk. He went into the dark of the night to meet Jesus, in the dark of the night so he would not be seen. Although Jesus may not be familiar with Nicodemus, he must recognize him as a Pharisee, because Jesus begins to answer a question that has not been asked but he has been answering a question about the kingdom of God to many Pharisees as he travels. As we recall in Luke, when we read the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus told the parable in response to the question from a Pharisee, what does it take to inherit eternal life? This is about the kingdom of God. And in our reading today, we have Jesus answering, very truly I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. He has anticipated that this is the same question that Nicodemus was going to ask. And it must have been because Nicodemus didn't stop him. The words from above can be translated in three different ways it can mean again, it can mean anew, or it can mean from above. Nicodemus hears the word again and then takes this quite literally in this enigma of John's gospel we get a bit of comic relief when Nicodemus just looks at Jesus and asks how can a grown person get back into his mother's womb and go through that again of course Jesus continues in metaphor it is John's gospel Jesus' words are meant to move Nicodemus to the next level of understanding. The last we hear from Nicodemus in this scene is when he says, how can these things be? I wonder what that conversation is going to be when Nicodemus goes back to report to his friend what he has learned. And this is when the writer of John's Gospel makes a brilliant literary move. Nicodemus is no longer in the scene, and we the readers are put right in it and are being directly spoken to. Jesus is continuing to talk, but we are now the ones who are receiving his words. We are now in an encounter with Jesus. In John's Gospel, the encounter with Jesus is the salvific movement. The presence of salvation for John is the term born again or born anew or born from above. How are we to understand Jesus' words? To be born from above and to be born of the Spirit is to believe in Jesus and in believing in him to have eternal life. We are without life until we receive the divine gift, the gift of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. This is how we are to understand it. But does that mean that we are all there fully all of the time? Are we like those who wear John 3.16 on t-shirts with such certainty? Some of us may be. My guess is that we are all in different places or stages, and that can be fluid. We may have some doubts from time to time, or we may always have had, had doubts. We don't need to worry about our doubts, however. Theologian Paul Tillich says, Doubt isn't the opposite of faith, it is the essential element of it. The important thing here is that no matter where we are with our faith, we can grow. That we let the word of God feed us and challenge us to grow. That we open ourselves up to God in our lives and that we cultivate a deep relationship with God through prayer. Our hope is in Christ's invitation to abide in him. Our hope is in knowing that God meets us where we are. God pursues us. We know this because he became incarnate for us, as we heard today. For he gave his only son for us so that we may have eternal life. Eternal life is what Jesus gives us. Eternal life sharing in the life of God, at one with God, at one Nicodemus may have left the scene in chapter 3, but he reappears in chapter 7 of John's Gospel. In the scene in chapter 7, the Pharisees are asking why Jesus has not been arrested. Nicodemus defends Jesus when he says, Our law does not judge people without first giving them a hearing to find out what they are doing, does it? In his in-the-night encounter with Jesus, something must have begun to happen, to turn. He didn't reject what Jesus had told him, and it begins to work in his heart. And then Nicodemus reappears in chapter 19. He came to help Joseph Joseph of Arimathea, another secret disciple of Jesus, bury Jesus after his crucifixion, this time in broad daylight. Nicodemus left the darkness and came into the light. His heart was turned over the course of the story told in John's Gospel. Being born from above, as Nicodemus learned, is about what we do with our heart in our life. The good news is that God is prepared, even eager, to bring about a change of heart in us and to bring us into new life in him. From darkness into the light, at one with God. I think we have as much to learn from Nicodemus as we have from numbers on a t-shirt. Amen.